We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at woodhousemazda.com. What's going on? Happy Halloween and welcome to the DFS Pick 6, the Roto World DFS Pick 6 presented by Roto Grinders. I'm Eric Crane and I'm joined, as I always am, by two of the best in the business. We got Rich Rebar and Evan Silva. Reeves, how we doing, buddy? Doing real good, man. I did all the trick-or-treating. My two-year-old made it about five houses before he needed to be carried uh, the rest of the way. Uh, you know, the, the six-year-old, she, she didn't want to stop. And then my uh, soon-to-be 14-year-old didn't want to dress up and just run around the neighborhood of his friends and pocket candy. I mean, what's the, what's the candy situation like at the Reeves household? Are you, guys, uh, are you guys giving out candy or are you just hoping to take some home this year? No, no, we, we pass out. Um, we take turns, me and my wife going with the kids. I just go to Sam's Club, man, and buy the, the, the giant bags and, and just pass out. <laughs> what about you, Evan? How's Halloween going on over your house? Evan? Good, oh. good, man. Good, man. I'm <laughs> glad, glad it's over. Uh, daughter dressed up as some some girl from uh, Descendants that I've never heard of. Uh, but I'm, I'm lucky. I'm, or I'm, I'm glad to, that we, we get to jump into this slate. I think that this game, this slate is really interesting. Um, Tampa Bay, Carolina, uh, Rams, Saints really stand out as, uh, and then uh, Chiefs, Browns, I think, really stand out as the games to target uh, on this uh, on this main slate. If you're going to play the Thursday through uh, the the Monday, man, I think Zeke is going to mash on Monday night. Yeah, I could definitely see Zeke mashing. And uh, I mean, every week, though, every week, I'm just like, yep, Zeke's probably going to mash here. But again, when you're playing the Titans, you're probably just going to get 25 carries and crush it. I got to say, we had a just touched on the Halloween real quick. We had the first family Halloween this year. I got to dress up as the Tin Man. My wife say, hey, says, hey, come here. I'm going to put some paint on your face. And I'm like, okay, if we have to. So <laughs> I, for one, I'm glad that Halloween's over. I, it's, you know, she likes to have her one day of the year. This is her day. And, uh, Anyway, she gives me every Sunday, so we'll have to live with it. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the slate. We got Detroit at Minnesota as our first game. It's a 49.5 point total. In Minnesota, they're five and a half point favorites at home. And Evan, we got to talk first about Detroit. They traded away Golden Tate. How does this affect this Lions offense moving forward? Well, we are pulling almost 10 targets per game and 22% of the air yard share, just ripping it out of the offense, you know, so. Uh, this is going to be distributed to other players on the team. I think that from a team philosophy standpoint, the Lions felt comfortable doing this because they want to be a run first uh, vertical passing team. So, you know, and they think that, I think that they think that, uh, well, first of all, they weren't going to resign Golden Tate after the season and his contract is up. But I think that they think that his production was largely replaceable. Uh, and it, it probably will be replaced by sort of a committee 
Um, you know, I think that Theo Riddick can, can definitely, and he's, he was back practicing this week. I think that he can definitely uh, help contribute. Um, Brandon Powell and TJ Jones are candidates to pick up snaps in the slot, but it also further, uh, narrows the target distribution which was already pretty narrow because you know we don't have tight ends competing for uh targets in this passing game we don't we didn't really have a fourth receiver competing for targets um so now it, it narrows the, the target distribution to Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones, of course, coming off a monster week and Kenny Galladay coming off a couple of slow weeks in a row, but he's still playing. I mean, he's still running a ton of routes. I mean, he ran 46 routes last week. Uh, I think that he bounces back uh, in very short order um, and, and quite possibly in this game. You know, Xavier Rhodes, he uh, is tentatively expected back, but he's going to be playing like on a high ankle sprain. And we saw Marvin Jones just light him up uh, last Thanksgiving. So I'm not even really worried about him uh, as a factor. I think that immediately Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay are in very good spots in this game that has some shootout potential will be played indoors, you know, no weather concerns. Uh, and then with the, the, the bump in opportunity, uh, pulling the 10 targets and 22% of air yards out of the offense. Yeah, you know, you mentioned a guy that I think it's going to go really underlooked this week, and that's Theoretic. He's only 3.8K over on DraftKings, and historically we've seen whenever Golden Tate is out, Theo ends up putting up some good games. And this is a spot, especially against a slot cornerback in Minnesota, that's not real good. Rich, I have a lot of interest in Theoretic in tournaments this week. What do you think? Yeah, I like that. I didn't uh, even bother looking up the splits with him and Golden Tate out. I mean, it just seems like he'd be the guy that makes the most sense, though. You know, Golden Tate was, uh, what, his eight out was six and a half yards downfield. I mean, if there's a guy that's going to take that over, it's going to be Tate. I mean, TJ Jones has been a guy that's really just never, you know, supplanted himself in the, in the league, you know, as a guy that did command targets. Uh, Brandon Powell is like a five foot eight hundred and seventy pound guy, like not a not a guy you expect to be like a bit like big time receiving threat. Um, he he went to Florida, right? Am I am I wrong with it? I I, I can't remember what college he went to. I have no. He didn't idea. do anything though. He wasn't he wasn't a guy that did much uh, of anything. He's like more of like a, a real tiny guy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it, they have no tight end presence. What to speak of whatsoever. Except for my dude Michael Roberts, his random two touchdown game uh, when, <laughs> when when that pops up, so it's literally going to be Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay get the concentrated targets, and then Theo Riddick. Uh, so that's kind of what we're looking at. So a guy like Theo Riddick definitely pops up. It's a game where they're road underdogs, so anytime you're in a spot like that, it's going to probably be more targets for Theo Riddick. Uh, so definitely he's a guy that's uh, on the board there. I mean, it's not a situation. I'm not really concerned about Xavier Rhodes either, and I know that there's a lot of, you know, like, well, he'll just guard Marvin Jones again. But he only shadowed Marvin Jones because their only other option was a slot guy. That was Golden Tate was in the slot the, the entire time. So he, I don't even think that he's really even going to, like, really like lock down to follow Marvin Jones around. It could be – he can just ping back and forth. And if he just stays home, he'll find Jones the most anyway. So Galladay will be able to um, – take advantage on the other side anyways but Galladay's another one of those guys that's been down for a few weeks and people were on him because uh, especially on Fanduel, where he's had such a depressed cost all year you know people have been chasing you know the Galladay targets and saying, oh he's underpriced again he's underpriced again and then he, when he starts to let you down a couple weeks in a row they don't want to go back to the well and this is a week probably because he's a guy that has the kind of upside and contested catch ability that he could it doesn't even matter if Xavier Rhodes is on him I mean, he, he can catch a touchdown, you know, in, in contested catch situations. So, I mean, he's a guy I'm really looking at. I think that's probably the most interesting just because he's been so so down the last couple weeks. Yeah, and 5.5K is just way too cheap for Kenny Galladay. You know, Evan, you mentioned that you think the Lions, they want to turn into a run-first vertical passing team. And if they want to turn into a run-first team, on Johnson seems to be the guy now. And uh, it seems weird to say that, oh, we can trust the Lions running back. We haven't done that for years. But, Evan, do you think we can finally trust on Johnson? Um, I think that, you know, trusting him in daily fantasy uh, is, you know, I, I wouldn't go that far, uh, especially in a, a game here where they are on the road facing a pretty, you know, rock solid run defense with Theo Riddick coming back, you know, so uh, definitely some concerns uh, in DFS, um, you know, but last week, I mean, he played 81% of the snaps. Uh, he showed that he, uh, they, they were willing to use him in, in a manner that would be game script proof. 32 routes, season high, uh, season high, eight targets uh, against the Seahawks. 
Um, but, you know, now with Theo Riddick coming back, it does, you know, make you question whether he is necessarily going to be uh, matchup proof going forward. So, I mean, I think that he's a guy to discuss. You know, I don't think that he's like necessarily a core play because of the matchup, because you're playing on the road uh, as an underdog and because, um, you know, because Theo Riddick is coming back and that could eat into his opportunity to some extent in the passing game. And touchdowns, yeah. man. And touchdowns and matter touchdown. in DFS. Yeah. Oh, and Theo Riddick vultures some touchdowns. It's going to be so much fun for me this well, week. Well, no, I mean, the, the Garrett, bro. Listen, the, the Garrett. Garrett only comes out of the garage inside the five. <laughs> hey, as long as, as – I'm not going to have any carry-ons, so as long as he's taking carry-ons touchdowns, I'm all right with that. Uh, let's talk about this Viking side because, once again, Dalvin Cook's not going to play. I'm just done believing Dalvin Cook's ever coming back, but – we get a Vikings team that loves to pass. They love to pass in the red zone. This wasn't really the identity that we thought this Vikings team was going to have before the year reads. And, you know, when I look at this passing attack, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen just continues to crush and Stefan Diggs still seems to cheat. So what do you think about this Vikings offense? Yeah, Dalvin Cook did put in a limited practice today after he, you know, their bye is next week. And initially they were just like, he's going to sit out through the bye and they'll get him right. And then he pops up today and does a limited practice. Cause I mean, Evan talked about, you know, the core games, and this is a game that has some ancillary plays. And one of the ancillary plays that I think a lot of people are going to look at was Latavius Murray uh, this week, you know, uh, in this matchup, you know, Latavius Murray scored a touchdown in three straight games. He had 95 yards from scrimmage against the saints defense that really hadn't allowed any type of production to running backs so far in the year a week ago and Latavius Murray is kind of an underrated player uh you know from in terms of production you know I mean it, you know Todd since 2015 season Todd Gurley is the most rushing touchdowns you know second in the NFL uh wait Latavius Murray yeah yes. and See, since, 26, since 2016 only Zeke and Todd Gurley have more rushing touchdowns than him since the start of that season so I mean this is a guy that he, he puts the ball in the paint he's got a great matchup against you know, a Lions team that just has not been able to stop the run at all. They're allowing 5.5 yards per carry to backs. They got Damon Harrison last week. Damon Harrison played 40 snaps last week. He was pro football focuses, highest graded run defender, uh, as defensive tackle last week. And you know what happened? The Lions gave 176 rushing yards still, 140 to running backs. So, I mean, he came in, played well, did everything that they traded for, and they still got gashed on the ground. Uh, you know, are the are the Vikings going to be a team that sticks with the run to such high degree as the Seattle Seahawks did last week? Probably not. But, I mean, is Latavius Murray like a cheaper RB2 option with, with multiple touchdown upside? He, like, he most certainly is. Uh, so, I mean, if, if Dalvin Cook is out again, I think he's going to be a popular RB2, you know, cap-filling uh, type of option. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, you know, Dalvin Cook, who, I just don't know what to make of this guy at this point. It's disappointing. But, Evan, what about for you? Is Latavius in play for you this week? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 25, 17, 18 touches in the last three games. Uh, it just does not make any sense for them to bring Dalvin Cook back this week. You know, I know he was limited practice on uh, Wednesday. But, man, I mean, you you got to let this guy get over this injury. I'm, I'm You know, I don't want to see any more setbacks for Dalvin cook and they don't want to either. So, you know, while he is practicing, like it wouldn't surprise me if on Thursday, like he's DNP that has happened before, you know, where he'll come back on Wednesday, be limited. And then he goes to DNP on Thursday and, you know, he, he needs to sit out through the bye. All right. So this passing attack with cousins, Thielen, Diggs. I mean, Diggs. what's that price? 6.8 K Evan. That just seems way too cheap for Diggs in this matchup. Yeah. Um, he is, uh, well, first, you know, just breaking down the, the Vikings passing game as a unit. And this is another passing game that uh, has a nice, you know, narrow distribution uh, because, you know, Latavius Murray, although he does have games where uh, he'll, he'll catch a few passes, uh, but it's it's really feeling and digs at the top. Kyle Rudolph has uh, half as many targets as Stefan Diggs has on the season, you know, they don't really have a third receiver, Laquan Treadwell out there. Sometimes Aldrick Robinson has made a few plays, but it's a very narrow target distribution. And then you have Kirk Cousins leading the league in completions per game. He's completing over 30 passes per game and he ranks top five in the NFL in passing yards. So that gives these guys really strong floors. Uh, and they of course have, have upside. Adam Thielen is going to avoid Darius Slay on the most snaps in this game, Adam Thielen runs 62% of his routes inside. 
Darius Slay is on the outside 93% of the time. Dig still goes into the slot 25% of the time. And Darius Slay has not been great recently. Uh, Pro Football Focus actually has him at allowing 15 of 18 targets, 83% for 178 yards, uh, 10 yards per attempt, and three touchdowns over the last three games. Uh, and Stefan Diggs has double-digit targets in six of his last seven. Uh, so these guys are high-floor, high-upside plays in a game like this. Yeah, I don't really understand Diggs' price. Like, the guy just keeps getting a ton of targets. He keeps crushing it. I mean, he's had double-digit targets in uh, one, two, three, in six of eight this year, including, you know, seven of his last – or six of his last seven. So, like, I like Stefan Diggs a lot. Ravens, what do you like in this Vikings passing attack? Yeah, like Evan said, I mean, these, these guys have accounted for 54% of team targets. They've accounted for 51% of the team PPR points. So like whatever this team is scoring per week, they're getting half of the production, basically uh, just these two players, which we love. Uh, you talk about like even Diggs, you know, when he has like his floor games and they've come all like when he faces like a good boundary team, a good boundary defense that just like funnels targets into Thielen. But he still had such a high reception floor, you know, every game. You talk about he's had 10 targets in six of seven games, eight or more receptions now in four of his past five. The floor is just is just so high that you know what you're getting. And he's also a guy that has, you know, lid-popping ability when they give him those vertical targets. Those have kind of dried up the last few weeks. He's not getting those real downfield, you know, shots anymore. Um, but those those are still always going to be, you know, just a play away, that, uh, you know, where we get one of those games. He's that, he's that type of guy that could drop a 180 where Thielen's going to consistently get you one, one to like 140, like one, you know, that just got a bunch of catches. Like Diggs is that guy that has that 180 in him. Um, and those are tournament winning type of, of upside. Yeah. And it's not to say that Thielen, you know, he's not a tournament winning guy, but you just got to have a lot go right for him to put up a 35 point outing. All right. Let's talk about Tampa at Carolina, Carolina, six and a half point favorites, 54 and a half point total. And Evan Fitzmagic is back. Are you excited? I am, man. I, I am. No, I'm, I'm definitely excited. Um, you know, he has been a top six fantasy quarterback in all three of his starts. Uh, last week, he comes off the bench. He's the quarterback 15 on the week, uh, despite playing, you know, essentially less than two quarters. Um, you know, it's just that if you uh, add Jameis Winston's fantasy points to Ryan Fitzpatrick's fantasy points this year, they're averaging 28.7 fantasy points per game Patrick Mahomes the number one overall fantasy quarterback is averaging fewer at 27.9 points per game uh, they have incredible weapons they have the worst defense in the NFL that they need to compensate for uh, and they have a great offensive system as we've talked about uh, extensively under Todd Monken uh, who comes from an air raid background you know kind of innovative uh, they're running 69 offensive plays per game, fourth most in the NFL. Uh, they're averaging the most uh, yards from scrimmage uh, in the NFL. So, you know, I think that there is some risk that, hey, if Fitzmagic comes out and throws two picks early, or it might even take three, you know, which he's very capable of doing. I mean, he's going to throw some ball, some balls to the defense. You know, that is inevitable. Uh, and, you know, it's going to kind of be up to the defense to catch him. Um, but if he throws some picks in this game, there, there is a small chance, you know, that he could get benched. Um, but, you know, I think that he's got a, a lot, a lot of upside in this game. He's, he's had big games against defenses that uh, were, were pretty, you know, are pretty decent. I mean, Philadelphia. Um, so I think that he is uh, very much in play as a tournament uh, starter. Yeah, and you know, I'll tell you what, with Fitzmagic, like, one of the things, Fitz, I call him Fitzmagic now, Fitzpatrick, like, one of the things we like about him is we know where the ball is going to go. So many targets to Mike Evans and all of his starts, essentially. So, Reeves, what do you think about a Fitzpatrick to Evans combination this week in DFS? All the guys, man. All the guys. I mean, the, the, the sample is pretty even between this season, between Winston and Fitzpatrick. And we can talk about a lot of the philosophy and the process about them not sticking with Winston and what this means long term. And we can nitpick at that. But the fact of the matter is there's one player that's been clearly better than the other at playing football this year. And it's been Ryan Fitzpatrick. And the, the splits in this offense bear out just it's not even like close. It's night and day. 
Fitzpatrick's had 43 possessions uh, under center and Winston's had 39. The Buccaneers have scored on 47% of possessions with Ryan Fitzpatrick under center, just 35% with Winston, 33% touchdown rate with Fitzpatrick, 25% with Winston. Then you look at these the, the target splits, the, what the production, the receivers, which is what we care about. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike Evans has caught 27 of 37 targets from Fitzpatrick. Uh, yeah. Just 19 of 31 from Winston. Djax has unbelievable splits. Mm-hmm. He's obviously there's regression cooked into his, his the types of targets he gets to Fitzpatrick. He's got 18 to 22 targets from Ryan Fitzpatrick this year. Like if you get a guy with Djax upside and you're going to say he's going to catch 80 percent of his targets, there's going to be some huge games involved, and that's what we that's what we saw you know early in the season you know as opposed to just catching eight to 22 targets from uh, you know from Jameis Winston. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, so far in the year, he averages the most passing yards per possession in the NFL, no, more than any other quarterback in the league. The floor is just so high for QB bucks. But it's like Evan said, where's the leash now? Is this going to be a carousel that we deal with, uh, you know, ongoing? Because both these guys are a little turnover prone. You know, we'll definitely I, – I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I don't think you can really play him in cash, like Evan said. But, I mean, obviously the upside and floor there, I think he, he's fine in season long to take a shot on, even with that risk. Um, and then, I mean, driving down Narrative Street, which, you know, I don't often do. But, I mean, listen, man, this this dude – the team wants to play for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Jameis Winston is is a slog, dude. Like, he should have threw six interceptions in that game last week. He, he provides no juice. There's no energy when he's on the field. And you see, you know, the stuff that you see earlier in the season with Fitzpatrick wearing Deshaun Jackson's clothes. And we can joke about how that stuff never ma- how that stuff really doesn't matter, but it does, man. Like that team wants Ryan Fitzpatrick to play quarterback and he's doing it again. Yeah, it's really weird because you would think Jameis, you know, former number one overall pick, a guy that seemed to get along with people in the locker room and like the, he's just not getting it done anymore, Evan. I think it's clear that the Bucs are going to be looking for a uh, quarterback in the draft and I'll tell you what Fitzpatrick I'm going to be playing a lot of them this week I know that I'll- they've removed him they removed Jameis Winston after his suspension from all the team media they took his his posters and like his billboards down in the stadium like they're all all that stuff's been removed I mean it's gonna be interesting to see what happens man yeah yeah I mean it definitely just feels like they've moved on from him. like they're uh, Evan doesn't it feel like that they're just done with Jameis kind of I, I'm not sure that Dirk Cutter is, um, and and he calls the shots at the end of the day. You know, I mean, he was pretty quick to pull the pull the plug on Ryan Fitzpatrick in that game at Chicago. Um, so that's that's your wild card. I definitely think that the organization as a whole is certainly down on Jameis Winston, and for good reason. I mean, you know, just talking about the interceptions last week, like a lot of times you can isolate interceptions and their individual plays, you know, and you can look at them and you can be like, well, Hey, you know, the receiver ran the wrong route or hey, the receiver deflected it up into the air, or it was a great play by the defender. Every single interception that Jameis Winston threw last week was on him. You know, that they, they were all his fault. And um, you know, that's just, the coach has to hold him accountable for, for that sort of thing. Or else you're not holding a dude accountable. And that sends a terrible message to the rest of the team with Mike Evans, you know, Mike, uh, he hobbled off the field last week with what I thought was a cramp. It looked like he was cramping, um, but he uh, did not practice today, and they listed him with a knee injury. Uh, so that is something to keep in mind. You remember when he missed some time last year, Chris Godwin went nuts, uh, and uh, Chris Godwin has gotten a ton of scoring position usage. Uh, so let's keep an eye on that Mike Evans injury for sure. Yeah, I'll tell you, if Evans misses, we might see Chris Godwin be one of the most popular plays in DFS history because, like, it's at 4.4K against this defense. Like, if, if Evans misses, you just can't fade Godwin. It'll just right? be Godwin Godwin and Sutton and free up all your money. Oh, my God. It's going to be <laughs> – and that's how everybody gets Gurley and, uh, and Kamara. That's how that works. Let's talk about this Panthers side because they are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home, and they get a Bucks team that, look, it's the same old thing. They're – decent against the run they get lit up against the pass problem is with Carolina are we that excited to roster Reeves Devin Funches yeah maybe not I mean there are a couple other guys here I mean Devin Funches is interesting because if the DJ Moore stuff is real and Torrey Smith doesn't play again like that's kind of a problem for Funches but he had a tough matchup last week so I mean you can kind of look you know just throw throw that up in the air the problem with Funches is for a DFS stance He's fine in season long because you know what you're getting out of him. 
You're going to get like eight targets. He's going to catch, you know, five of them. But the dude just never puts up a lot of yards. And But like he has touchdown upside. But in like DFS, like is like it's, he's a tough tournament play because he just doesn't ever drop that big hammer, you know, for his price. So he just doesn't get a lot of yardage. He doesn't catch a lot of – he doesn't get any yak. He doesn't catch any like deep balls. It's literally just like he's going to catch five for 60 and did he score. Like that's his line. It's like what he does every week. Matchup lines up. I'm probably a little – I'm probably more interested in Olsen this week um, than most when looking at the pass catchers because um, he's out there, like Evan said, in the Galladay syndrome. Like he's not getting targeted but he's out there like a lot, Like he's running 36 routes per game. The targets just haven't been there. Uh, the bucks are still a team we want to target, you know, with tight end play. Uh, you know, even though our boy Uzoma just disappeared last week, put up the egg, uh, but they're still a team. Otherwise they've got a top 12 score every game before that. They're still leading the league in, in yardage lot position, even despite allowing nothing last week. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in Olsen this week on a thin week. Uh, you know, we, we've basically got Kelsey and not a lot at the tight end position, you know, not a lot of great like individual plays. I think the the old faithfuls are still in play. The Vance McDonald's, you know, you can go probably maybe back in joke of his knees. Fine. Um, and then across the field, these two guys, I think OJ Howard and Greg Olson are the two like most interesting tight ends. This game one has a chance to pop because all Bucks games pop. Uh, and OJ Howard's a guy that is, is finding the end zone regularly in the Panthers. So another team that just haven't been able to guard any tight end, you know, at any point in the season. Uh, so, I mean, I'm looking at these two tight ends in this game and hoping that they're the guys that kind of go overlooked too. I'm sitting here uh, looking at the tight ends and Holy cow, this is a bad group. Yep. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Evan, I'm sorry. I cut you off. What were you about to say? It's, it's another Jeff Hoyerman week, man. Oh boy. Not this again. <laughs> Not this, um, not this crap again. Oh man, I, I, play, I played him in cash last week, and uh, he's he got one. He got one, touchdown. baby. He scored a touchdown. <laughs> that, that was the most exciting play of, of week eight for me. Um, it's like week eight was my best week I've had, so that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as I want, I just wanted to mention about CJ Uzoma. Man, he suffered like it looked like a dislocated shoulder on the Bengals' first drive last week. I think it was probably a stinger. And he stayed out there, but he was just totally ineffective the rest of the way. So, you know, he, he wasn't necessarily a, a bad play last week. It was just he got hurt on the first snap and, or on the, on the first series, and it was just over after that. So, Evan, what do you think about this Carolina passing game? Because Cam Newton looks like just an absolute stud. I mean, we, you know, we kind yeah. of made fun of him for the last year or so. Just like, oh, he hasn't been that good. He's been struggling. And, right. I mean, lately, man, he's just been just destroying it. He's put up at least 24 DraftKings FanDuel points even in each of his last uh, three games. Now he gets a great matchup. What do you think about Cam this week? Yeah, and there was concern entering the season about uh, how he would mesh with Norb Turner, you know, kind of like an old school uh, offensive mind. A lot of the old school offensive minds do not believe in running your quarterback at, at a high volume because that could get them injured. You know, you, you want to teach them to be a pocket passer. But, you know, Norb Turner has has been progressive, you know, this year. And Cam Newton is like on pace to equal or better a, a bunch of his uh, career bests in uh, rushing statistics. Um, and so that is going to always raise his floor and his ceiling, make him a safe dude who can also finish uh, as, you know, a top three fantasy quarterback on the week uh, for the Buccaneers. They're allowing uh, they're allowing touchdowns on 88 percent of opposing red zone trips, which is just absurd. And this really explains why they are giving up the most points per game in the NFL at 33.3 points per game. And then Cam Newton has the best passer rating in the NFL in the red zone. So those things uh, really align nicely. I mean, it's just it's a best case scenario spot, I think, for Cam Newton. You could play him with Funchess. You could play him with McCaffrey. Um you know, you can play him with DJ Moore. You could play him with Olsen. There's just there's a lot of opportunity here for uh, game stacks and, and team stacks. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. 
Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at WoodhouseMazda.com. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at WoodhouseMazda.com. You know, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey, and I can't help but think that he's going to be the guy that goes overlooked this week because the people are paying up at running back. They're going to do it for Todd Gurley. They're going to do it for Alvin Kamara. And to me, Reeves, it feels like McCaffrey's going to be overlooked here. Yeah, I can see that. McCaffrey's a guy that's not had – he's kind of reverted back to last year where he's just kind of been like a floor play. I know he had the two touchdowns last week, but only, the, what, the 50 total, 57 total yards from scrimmage. He's kind of been like that this year again. Like, he's got that huge rushing game against the Bengals, and then, like, he's done nothing on the ground outside of that game. Uh, so, yeah, this could be a spot where we get that game where he puts up, like, one 140 yards from scrimmage. Uh, you just With him, you always have to wonder if he's going to get the touchdown or not, you know, because of Cam. Uh, last week he got the two, but that was his first rushing touchdown of the season. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay, though, they're 24th in receiving points allowed per game to running backs. They're 23rd in rushing points allowed to running backs. It's, yeah, I mean, listen, man, it's the Bucks, dude. Like, everyone's in play. Like, we're not we're not against any anyone in this game uh, on, the, on the Carolina side. Well, I'll tell you what, another game that we're not against anybody in is the uh, Rams of the Saints. A 60-point total. We don't see 60-point totals in the NFL. 2004 was the last time. Oh, my God. Okay, so, yeah, it's been 14 years since we last saw – did some quick math there, boys. So, this last saw a 60-point total. It's the Rams with the Saints, and it's not a cheap 60-point total because this game is expected to be close the entire way. Saints are only point-and-a-half favorites. And, I mean, Reeves, I feel like when you're throwing out since 2004 is the last time, you got some other tidbits for us about this game. So talk to me about this uh, Rams and Saints game and exactly what this kind of total means. I mean, this is, uh, this is it, man. This is in the course field of the NFL. Uh, we're getting the basically two of the best three offenses in the NFL this season. The Saints are the most efficient offense in the NFL in scoring. They've scored on 62% of their possessions, the highest rate in the league. The Rams are third. They've scored on 55% of their possessions. Uh, you know, Chiefs are sandwiched in the middle there. We're getting these teams against each other in New Orleans, which always excites us. Um, you look at just the, both these quarterbacks, J- Jared Goff, if you look at – so look at all Goff's best games for fantasy this year. They've come in games where they've been, like, challenged on the scoreboard, mm-hmm. where they have to score points. Um, that's that's basically when he's been at his best. Uh, you know, and then finally Gurley doesn't score a rushing touchdown last week, and what happens? Goff's the top five quarterback again because all his peripheral stats have been incredible all year. It's just that Gurley has been pilfering so many yeah. touchdowns, uh, you know, that haven't been going to him. Uh, and, and the Saints have been the, have the league's best run defense. So, I mean, maybe we get, we get Cooper Cup back too, another red zone binky. Uh, so maybe we see that spike again. Then you look at Breeze, and I know a lot of people are talking about the, the, the similarities to how they played the past three games compared to uh, last year. But they played four of their past five games on the road. His past two games on the road have been against top five defenses, like that we defenses that we typically want to avoid anyways. Uh, so I'm not really holding that against them. They've also played a big lead, something that's probably not going to happen here. Uh, and then at home, Drew Brees has the night and day splits again this year. Dude, Drew Brees is completing 84, 84% of his passes at home this year. Like that's, that's just a, bonkers. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> It, I mean, I mean, it's 8.4 of every 10, like a complete, completed pass, completed pass. Yeah. And he's averaging 349 passing yards, you know, at home this year. So it's like, we're back to uh, the same, you know, type of splits as always. So, I mean, I'm looking at both these quarterbacks this week. Obviously they're going to be popular. This game's going to be a core play popular game. Uh, but these guys offer just immense ceilings and Breeze probably offers, uh, you know, a, a higher, the higher of the two, just based on, you know, not having Todd Gurley on his team. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at those quarterbacks and like, you know, not to eat too much of the shot clock here, um, as Evan gets to other things, but yeah, it's, that's, that's where we are, man. It's the game. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Evan, when I look at this game, not only do I want a lot of pieces from, I mean, that much is very clear, but a lot of the pieces that I want, they're not overly expensive. I expected Todd Gurley when I saw this game on the slate, I expected him to be over 10 K over in DraftKings. Not the case. He's 9.5. Okay. Alvin Kamara crushed it last week, only 7.3K. And Evan, I think you can make a case to stack this game 150 different ways this week. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And, and speaking of guys that are cheaper, could this be a Traquan Smith week? Sure. Well, it could be an anybody week, man. Like because... I might play some Josh Hill. Like it could be. Well, anybody. this is the this is the spot we would always target Ted Ginn at home, yep. high scoring game yep. total. Yep. These are the typical spots when Ginn pops. Yeah. Uh, Rams have given up the uh, third most twenty plus yard completions in the NFL, the most forty plus yard completions in the NFL. Uh, you know, we know Traquan Smith is in that Ted Ginn role. We can't necessarily count on him for any more than four targets, you know, so he is very much a low volume guy. But you look at some of the uh, the lower volume guys in that sort of similar role to Traquan Smith that have faced uh, the Rams recently. Tyler Lockett, three for 98 and a touchdown. Marcus Valdez-Scantling last week, uh, 45 yards and a touchdown. David Moore uh, had a couple of touchdowns against them, you know, all in, in sort of a uh, similar role, similar usage to what Traquan Smith is going to get. Um, and, you know, Marcus Peters has just been a swinging gate. Uh, and I think that they will probably, because because Mar- uh, Michael Thomas goes inside a lot. I think he'll go inside a little bit more even uh, in this game. Uh, and so Traquan Smith, I think, can just run by Marcus Peters, who, you know, he's struggling with this calf injury still. Um, and then if you look at, just isolate the three games where Traquan Smith has been locked into this Ted Ginn role. Uh, he's second on the team, pretty close second on the team in air yards behind Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas with 172, Traquan Smith with 130. Um, so I think this very much could be breakout week for Traquan Smith at home in the monster total game against this team that been giving up a lot of big passing plays. Yeah, I mean, to me, if you set your lineups to have – at least four guys from this game on every team. I kind of think you're okay. I, I I don't. To me, I want to be overweight on this game, especially at these prices. Like you know, sometimes we complain about, well, these guys are too cheap. They're going to be really popular. Yeah. To me, I'm just going to take advantage of the situation. If they're going to price Traycon Smith in a 60 point total at 4.2k, let's go. Alvin Kamara at 7.3k. All right, let's go. And even these Rams receivers. Reeves, you get Robert Woods at 7K, Cooper Cup's coming back. All these guys are between 6 and 7K, and I think they're all in play at these prices, Reeves. Yeah, I'm, I know I, I'm actually kind of an advocate of not playing guys coming back from injury, but, man, it's going to be hard for me not to play Cooper Cup at yeah. 6K, man. It's yeah. on DK. Like, it's going to be real hard because we always want to attack the Saints with slot play, uh, you know, typically, and we got the high total. When he – before he got hurt, he was leading the team in, in red zone targets. Uh, he led the team in red zone targets last year. It's going to be real hard not to be drawn to Cooper Cup, man. But, I mean, the other guys, too, um, you know, obviously, you know, Bob Woods just held, holds that high floor, you know, five catches in seven straight games. We know we're getting out of him. Cooks has kind of been down a little bit, you know, a little recently after, you know, that real hot start. You know, he started the year on fire. He was averaging like 114 yards It's a re- game. revenge game, though. Oh, it, is a, it is a Brandon Cook's revenge game, um, but he's still averaging 21 yards per catch on the season, you know, in a game indoors, a high-scoring game like that against, you know, one of – and the Saints are the worst defense um, against defending the deep ball. They have allowed the highest, you know, uh, rate of completions on throws over 15 yards downfield this season. Uh, and Jared Goff is second in the league in completion rate on those types of throws. So kind of kind of that also lines up kind of nice for like a bounce back for Cook's. Um, like you said, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's hard to find shade on any of these guys. I think the only dude you can kind of throw a little bit of shade at is like Mark Ingram. And like, that's and like, you'll still probably take a shot at like him scoring, but you, um, uh, Kamara's out touched him 10 to two in the red zone the past two weeks. And if you look at dating back the last three, even through the playoffs, like Mark Ingram's like yards of scrimmage have been, have been booty, man. Like this dude's not really, not really that productive. Evan, do you have a preference when we look at these Rams receivers? Because all three are in play for me. Um, well, you know, Brandon Cooks got a ton of opportunity last week. It's just Jair Alexander, the Packers stud rookie cornerback, kind of owned him. I mean, Jair Alexander won that matchup. That was just an incredible game uh, by Jair Alexander. Um, but uh, I, I think that just in terms there's a matchup I think that Cooper Cup has the best one. You know, uh, last week with the, the when the Saints uh, they installed uh, Eli Apple as a starting cornerback, requiring from the, from the Giants, and they just played straight up. They had PJ Williams in the slot. They had Marshawn Lattimore on one side. They had Eli Apple on the other side. If they're going to play like that, 
you know, McVay is just going to be running routes, you know, with his receivers all game at Eli Apple and PJ Williams because they're just going to know where Marshawn Lattimore is, and McVay can absolutely uh, take advantage of that. Uh, so I think that uh, it's hard to differentiate between them. I think that Cup has the best on paper matchup. Um, but he's also coming off the knee injury. We don't know if he's necessarily going to be a hundred percent. And then, you know, Woods and Cooks are, are very, very similar. All right. Well, let's move on to some of our favorite quarterbacks this week, because we've talked about a lot of them just in these games. I mean, these three games are just so far and away above everything else, but the one guy we haven't talked about, that's Patrick Mahomes. He's at the Browns this week. Uh, we know Cleveland, they're, well, they're, I, I don't I really enjoyed the thing where the coaches said that, Evan, did you enjoy this where we went from Hugh Jackson, just kind of clueless a little bit, and then you get the new coach that says that, Greg Williams, who says that, well, I had 11 offers, and I had four of them I didn't even have to interview for. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the Brown saga is going to continue. I guess that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just to the point where I just think it's funny. You know, it used to, like, bother me because it was just <laughs> so corrupt, you know, the corruption – uh, but I just, I just like laugh at it now. I mean, Greg Williams is like a cartoon character. You know, this dude like literally got kicked out of the NFL, you know, and now he's a, an NFL head coach. Like that is just absurd. Um, and of course now he's, you know, promoting his son and you know, the, 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 the nepotism and, you know, the, the um, cronyism just reigns supreme. Uh, but, but anyways, I think that Patrick Mahomes, you know, I never want to diminish him, but I do think that the Browns can play well in this spot. And they have one of the best pass defenses in the league. Pressure on the quarterback only allowed multiple touchdown passes in two of eight games. I mean, they have held Ben Roethlisberger twice to below expectation fantasy results. They held Drew Brees at the Superdome uh, to below expectation results. Phillip Rivers. Uh, they, they held in check. Jameis Winston had a big game against them, but only because he rushed 10 times for 55 yards and a touchdown. Um, so I think that this could be a game where Patrick Mahomes disappoints a little bit. And that, you know, for Patrick Mahomes, that means just like finishing as like a top 10 guy as opposed to like a top four guy. Um, but at the same time, like this could turn into a shootout if the, the Browns are able to get their offense on track at all. Uh, another interesting thing that Greg Williams said today was that, uh, you know, this offensive coordinator, Freddie Kitchens, um, you know, he, he's been uh, promoted from uh, position coach to offensive coordinator. And uh, Greg Williams was asked about him and he was like, I didn't promote him. I didn't pick him. You know, he, he was, everybody else picked him. Like they have continued dysfunction in the coaching staff. But anyways, I mean, he comes from uh, Bruce Arians background, you know, he's been able to be an observer of the offense. They straight up cannot protect Baker Mayfield. I mean, their undrafted free agent uh, rookie left tackle Desmond Harrison is terrible, you know, predictably uh, their, their right tackle, Chris Hubbard, a career backup who they gave a big deal and, you know, stuck in there as a starter. He hasn't been good. So, you know, there are, but there are things that they can do. Um, to, to mask that one would be getting Duke Johnson more involved, but that's just a, a pipe dream at this point, you know. Um, but I think that um, I do think that this game has, has high scoring potential, though. You look at the splits for Kansas City defensively, they're giving up 33 points per game on the road, and they're giving up 18 points per 18 and a half points per game home and that's not just this year it's not a one year you know half year sample that's something that extends year over year uh that they are uh much more susceptible to giving up points in road games um and i think that the, the browns they, they can get it together against the Chiefs defense yeah i actually kind of like this the browns offense this week i think nick chubb's even reasonable he's cheap enough at 4.5k to where i want to play him um reeves what are some who are some other quarterbacks for you are you looking at all at this charger seahawks games for a quarterback because russ wilson i mean it, i don't know what to do with russ at this point i'm just keep not playing him and i, I keep getting the feeling that one of these weeks it's going to burn me yeah maybe i mean like i said i'm, I'm like you i'm only a three to four four quarterback player and we talked about the four guys i'm going to play uh, you know, and the golf freeze, uh, Cam and, and Fitzpatrick. Uh, so I'm probably not going to go outside of those four guys. Both of those guys, that game, like Evan kind of hit about it in the open, like that's a tough game to really get like a strong pulse on. We know what the Seahawks want to do. I mean, dude, Russ threw 17 passes last week. Like this continues. Like, I mean, 
it's it's just hard to, to to bet on that. Like I understand if you're in a seasonal league, you want to keep pushing, you know, Russell Wilson. That's fine, but it's hard to just bet on that, like winning money that way. Like yeah. to say, like I'm gonna play a guy that's gonna throw 25 passes today. I inherently know the team wants him to throw 25 passes or less. And I'm going to count on him to throw three or four touchdowns to float his fantasy line because there's going to be no yardage and he's not running still. It's just hard. It's just hard to, to bet on that. Um, so, I mean, I get it. Like there probably will be a game where he's forced. The volume is forced. Mm-hmm. Like it's probably going to happen. And it might happen over the stretch, you know, where they play the Chargers, the Rams. I think they play another really good team after that um, over, over their next three games. Maybe we see the volume kind of spike again. Um, but there's also like nothing that excites you about any of these receivers either. And it just keeps happening. You know, uh, Doug Baldwin, still, Doug Baldwin's not even getting a piece of this, by the way. Like if you have Doug Baldwin, you're like, what the hell are my touchdowns, man? <laughs> where, where the hell am I? Tyler Lockett has eight freaking catches the past three weeks. And I think all of them are for touchdowns. He has eight <laughs> touchdowns probably the last three weeks. Uh, David Moore, who I had to get in our Slack channel and ask, like, where the hell is this dude from? And Evan's like, he's from East Central. I'm like, high school? And he's like, Dude. no, college. <laughs> like, what, like, what, like, what is East Central? I don't even know. I still don't even know where it's at because every it's city in America in has an East Central high school. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> I mean, so I don't know, but I'm, I'm, those are, I'm playing the four quarterbacks that I want to play. Round I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think where, like, East Central College would be. Like, it's definitely a community college, right? There's no way that's a four-year school. East Central. Let's look it up. Anyways, Evan, any other quarterbacks that we haven't touched on for you? No, I did want to mention about Russell Wilson, though, uh, that, you know, even though he's been having these uh, three touchdown games, like he hasn't been like dominant in fantasy because he's not running and he's not throwing for a lot of yards. So, you know, don't I, I don't fall into the trap of trying to ch- chase these touchdowns. He's not, you know, finishing as a top five guy on the week or anything. Um, and so, you know, just something to keep in mind. And they're going to continue to be a run-based offense. Um, Case Keenum, though, you know, everybody's going to be on uh, Cortland Sutton this week. And uh, Emmanuel Sanders is also in a very good spot against Houston. Um, you know, and I, I think that Tim Patrick is a sleeper in the Denver passing attack this week. Should be minimum everywhere. I know he's minimum on FanDuel. What do you think? Case Keenum, are you going to leave the show? You don't make me do it, man. I will do it. I will walk out of here. My kid's out there crying, and I don't want to be there. But, man, I'd still just I, – I, I'd rather do that than play Case Keenum, man. Like, there's just right. no way. By the okay. way, East Central, do you know where it is, Evan? Oklahoma. Ada, Oklahoma. I actually know Ada, Oklahoma from my, when I lived down there. That's good times. Just kidding. There are no good times in Ada, Oklahoma. All right, let's talk some running backs. And again, we've already talked about a lot of these guys the you know the Todd Gurley's of the world the Alvin Kamara's of the world but get everybody's going to have those guys you're not necessarily going to win tournaments with those guys so Reeves who are some of the other running backs you're looking at this week well you guys are talking about the Chiefs Browns game and and I, I had Nick Chubb written down for just the four or five on DK um but I was the other guy in that game too I'll get to you in a second but so Chubb's had two games the Browns have trailed thoroughly throughout both games he's got 18 and 20 touches like game scripts probably the concern is probably going to be overblown for him because he's you know, maybe we see something change with Duke Johnson, you know, with the, with the offensive coordinator change. But we saw, you know, even with Byron Leftwich last week, like it's hard midseason to like really change your stripes and install something that's just drastically different. Um, so expecting, you know, something that we haven't seen from the Browns offense uh, based on a whim is probably on the lower end of the spectrum, even though we kind of desire for it to happen. But Kareem Hunt, man, uh, again. Uh, Evan talked about this last week. You know, the Browns have played the most defensive snaps in the NFL by a good margin. They are getting just crushed in the second half of these games. Uh, you look at last week, they played well the first half of that game against the Steelers, you know, against the run. I think James Conner had 33 yards at halftime and then just destroyed them in the second half. Uh, we're starting to see all that take a toll. Cream Hunt now has 16.5% of the team targets over the past three weeks. Um, like I said, the Browns defense, they're allowing 118.4 rushing yards per game to backfields. They've allowed multiple rushing touchdowns to four different individual running backs on the season. Uh, it's something we like. And Tyree Kittle, like maybe he doesn't play this week. Maybe they hold him out. Uh, it's just going to funnel more opportunity uh, for Kareem Hunt. And it's going to be a week where obviously everyone wants to get Gurley and Kamara in, and Kareem Hunt's going to be in just as pristine a spot as he's been in the last couple weeks. 
Yeah, I have liked Kareem Hunt a lot. I mean, anytime you can be a nine-point favorite and against a bad run defense, like you got to have interest in this guy. And like you said, Reeves, not a lot of people are going to go there. Evan, I wanted to ask you about a guy in Chris Thompson because yeah. what? how have we been attacking Atlanta all year? These pass-catching running backs. Adrian Peterson, not really known as a pass-catching guy, and Chris Thompson there, if he's healthy, I think he's in a phenomenal spot this week. He's hurt again, man. He didn't practice on Wednesday oh. due to a rib injury. And I, he's been hurt since Florida State, you know, and it's unfortunate because he's a really talented player. But I think that we're probably going to see Capri Bibbs and, in, in that role uh, and uh, and uh, Adrian Peterson, another like 25 plus touches for Adrian Peterson. I wanted to mention a couple of guys. Um, first, Kenyon Drake at home against uh, the Jets. I think that the Dolphins likely bounce back against this Jets team that is really going to struggle to score. Um, the, the Dolphins coming off the, the primetime blowout loss going back home. Um, I think they should be able to get this win uh, against the Jets. And uh, the Jets do not have a pass rush, uh, but they blitz at the fifth highest rate in the NFL to try to manufacture a pass rush. And so what that does is it leaves them vulnerable to screen plays. And we saw Tarek Cohen rip off a 50 or a 70 yard touchdown on a screen play last week. And I think Drake is very capable of that he's been super super efficient man yeah. um the volume just has not been there uh but he's been so so efficient i think that dolphins defense actually is kind of an interesting combination with Kenyon drake the jets passing game the jets offense is just crippled by injuries um and then philip Lindsay, you know royce freeman was dnp again on wednesday Philip Lindsay is so damn good, man. And, yeah. you know, the, the, the Texans' uh, run defense has been really good, but they're going to be without Zach Cunningham, their stud inside linebacker. Uh, he's not going to play this week. Uh, Philip Lindsay favored at home. It's only by one point. But, man, Philip Lindsay is just really freaking good. I almost don't even care about him. <laughs> Yeah, we all Dude, like he plays. Him. He's playing at a different speed than guys yeah. on the field. Like when you watch him touch the ball, you're like, this dude's playing a different game than everyone's playing. Man, it's crazy. All right, so Reeves, any of the running backs for you that we haven't touched on? You're muted, buddy. Yeah, that was pretty much uh, um, all the guys that I had kind of like circling it, the wagons early. In the week. I'm sure something will pop up later in the week. We talked about it, you know, Latavius Gurley, Kamara Hunt. Philip Lindsay, like this, those are the bangers, man. Get him in. I mean, Melvin Gordon's going to be 3% owned this week, right? Nobody's going to have, he might have 3% of a hamstring. Oh, is he? Uh, well, <laughs> then we'll just play Austin Eckler then. Fine. Whatever. I like, I either, whoever the running back is, I like him in that game. All right. Let's talk some wide receivers that we haven't touched on yet. And again, we talked about a lot of these guys from the Vikings. Um, these Chiefs receivers, man, like it's a tough matchup, but we know the upsides there golly like are we looking at the bears maybe i don't know evan i'm I'm struggling to find other wide receivers i like that aren't those three games we talked about what about you yeah we talked about a lot of guys um Devontae parker maybe uh, i'm not sure kenny stills is gonna be back even if he comes back i think he jumps into jakeem grant's role and um Devontae parker stays out there i mean you know certainly not a guy with a floor and his price isn't even that good uh on on dk i think 4600 um, but I just wanted to throw his name out there. Um, and then, uh, oh, DeAndre Hopkins. I think that this is, this can be a really big game for DeAndre Hopkins. He has really positive splits uh, without Will Fuller on the field in terms of uh, volume, like three more targets per game, a catch and a half more per game. And I don't think any, any of the Broncos outside cornerbacks can hang with DeAndre Hopkins. And um, there's just a major level of trust there, uh, you know, on the road uh, with Deshaun Watson, who looked a lot healthier in, in that Thursday night game, gets the extra few days to uh, get healthy, get over, you know, whatever it was that was ailing him. He's probably going to be under a lot of pressure and he's going to be throwing it to the dude that he trusts. I don't think we're going to see very much out of Demarius Thomas this week. And I think that we could get a ton of targets from DeAndre Hopkins uh, in the game where I think he's got a great matchup. I think Kiki Cutie is interesting too. No? Just his name. Name is interesting. His name is very interesting. But I, so I had one receiver that we weren't going to get to, and it was DeAndre Hopkins, was the dude oh, I had to talk oh, about. Sorry. Yeah. I, so I mean, I, look, any high price guy on this slate that doesn't come from that Saints game or this Tampa game or the Chiefs is going to be under owned. 
So DeAndre Hopkins is a guy yeah. who's less than 10. But Evan, Evan hit on all the bullet points, man. I mean, so Demarius Thomas is going to have like two days of practice with this team uh, before he can get in. So like, he's not going to be able to like really do much. Uh, Kiki QT is going to run all of his routes with a bad hamstring against Chris Harris. Chris Harris doesn't really move. He runs, he plays 70% of his snaps in the slot. So now we've got DeAndre Hopkins in a target funnel situation because they also don't have a tight end. Uh, to just it's going to be a spot where he can get you know probably 12 to 15 target type of games. And DeAndre Hopkins has run into three bad matchups in a row, individual matchups against Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, and Tredavis White. Came out of all those matchups with low volume, but, but scored a touchdown in all those games. He's just that good, and now he's going to get back to a, a softer matchup. It's in, in a game where he's going to get a bunch of targets. Uh, feels like uh, a no-brainer spot where like this dude's going to have, you know, he might have the most targets on the slate. Yeah, weird. feels weird that we've got a guy who might be a no-brainer spot that's going to be in. Oh, let's, let me pull up his projected ownership real quick because I am awfully curious. What were you going to say, Evan? Uh, Julio is going to score a touchdown in his 2% owned week. Of course, Woo! Will. Oh, that's a, of will. that would be such a Julio move. God, freaking Julio, man. Let's see. Projected ownership, uh, 12% on Julio. I'm actively I'll rooting for Julio Jones to get 2,000 yards and no touchdowns. Like, I'm just actively <laughs> rooting for it. You know, we kind of mentioned that there weren't a lot of tight end plays. We usually don't have time to get to tight ends, but let's touch on them really quick because, I mean, this is about as ugly as this position I can remember seeing. O.J. Howard, you know, against Carolina, he's 4.3K. He's cheap enough to get in there. I wonder if people are going to go back to David Njoku after just laying a total egg that last week. Reeves, what do you think about Njoku? I think he makes sense if his health checks out. I mean, last week, he did, I mean, he didn't even have a target. He had one. He didn't have any official targets. He had one. He drew a pass interference in the end zone uh, that set up, uh, you know, Callaway's touchdown. But it makes sense. I mean, it was just a blip. Up until that point, he, he had balled in all of Mayfield's starts. Uh, coming into last week on Mayfield starts, he was second at the position in receptions. Um, he, he did miss practice today. We'll have to see what is that about. But I mean, the Chiefs are 29th in yards per game, a lot of the tight ends. They've allowed, uh, you know, a top 12 score in five of eight games a season. I think that his price on DK isn't that desirable for me. It's a lot more palatable on FanDuel because it went down again uh, on FanDuel. I think on DK it stayed the same or went up, did it not? I want to say uh, he's like four eight. Who's this? Njoku. You Njoku. brought him up. Yeah, I know four eight. No, sorry, no, no, not <laughs> yeah. four eight. He's four oh, eight. Uh, Is he four eight? Four six. So he's a little four cheaper. six. So yeah, he's sorry, still, so yeah, he, he went four seven to four six, right? Yeah. yeah. And then Fanduel, he went from five seven to five two. Uh, which is a little more. I mean, it's not a great tenant slate. I told you, I'm looking at Olsen and looking at OJ Howard. Um, I'm willing to uh, pay for Kelsey um, if, if I have to. I probably won't because of the other players that uh, I want to get in the lineups. Um, I think Vance McDonald is still cool to go to. Uh, he had like a respectable four for 52 in these teams played last time. The Ravens have not been, have been low-key not good against tight ends either. Uh, Greg Olson scored against them last week. Uh, so he's like 3-7 on DK. Um, I'm fine with that. Like saying I can just play a tight end and get 10 points. I'm probably okay with that. If he scores, there's there's more upside there. So that's really kind of where I'm at. It is not attractive looking out there uh, unless you guys got some gems. I mean, I, you said that you kind of you, – you're willing to pay up for Kelsey on slates like this. I just say when all the other options are so bad, I'm just going to pay up for the stud and I'll make the rest work because I'm going to be able to find more value at positions like wide receiver or running back than I will at tight end. You know, I mean, you mentioned Greg Olson. Look, he's just too cheap. He's 4.7K in a really good matchup. Like, you have to have some Greg Olson this week. But, you know, these other – like, what about – I'll tell you, Evan, I want to ask you about uh, one other team, the Bears. They get the Bills. I mean, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Like, I, I'm not trusting Jordan Howard, but I always like Tariq Cohen. Trey Burton at 4.5, maybe we play him. What do you think about the Bears this week? The game is just gross, man. Yeah. You know, and, and teams go to Buffalo and they, you know, it's not the easiest place to play. Like, you know, even last week, I know the final score wound up looking like a blowout for the Patriots, but I mean, they struggled for three plus quarters in that game. And, um, you know, I, the, I, I, I don't know, man. I just, the, the game is, is just disgusting. Uh, and, you know, I don't really trust Mitchell Trubisky either. You know, is he going to be able to do his usual run around against this defense? I'm not sure. The Bills are going to be without Tremaine Edmonds, though. They're stud young uh, rookie uh, middle linebacker. Um, 
but uh, yeah, just, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Just no one really stands out to me in that particular game. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure some people try and talk me to Jordan Howard later in the week. Just I'm glad you guys aren't one of them because I'm so over Jordan Howard. But guys, we got to get off here. We got work to do. We, I don't know. Evan's got like a, still a million more words to write with his article. Reeves, you got a million more stats to write in your, uh, in your worksheet. And I've got a million more naps to take because that's my life right now. But we got to get <laughs> off here, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to Roto World's Roto Grinders DFS Pick Six. For Evan, for Reeves, for Kobe Fleener, I'm Eric. We'll see you guys later. Peace.